This year, why not spend Christmas with the unique voice of a generation? Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Bob Dylan brings you your favorite Christmas classics as you've never heard them before. Frosty the Snowman, he's the frozen water guy. He's got an icy heart. Honey, it's the uh, it's a Christmas countdown. This is the Christmas countdown. Well, it's the countdown to Christmas. I mean, it's always the countdown to Christmas in some way. Yeah. They just don't make calendars that are like 240 <laughs> days long. <laughs> How big could that calendar have to be? Pretty big. Pretty big. Pretty big. That have like 300 I would say it. the size of a skyscraper. The Empire State Building and every window is... That's a big... It's a big bit of chocolate, though. It's like big bits of chocolate. Oh, okay. So you it's not I mean? just regular. You know I mean? It's not like counting down to yeah, yeah, three thousands Christmas. Yeah. Do you have a chocolate calendar? Yes. Yeah, I do. Are there Christmas rules to going ahead of the calendar? Well, yeah, in the spirit of it. In the spirit of it, because here's my thing, Danny, is that I didn't get you a Christmas present, but what I did get was. <laughs> I got us, I got us this fifty pence dairy milk calendar, and I wondered if we'd be breaking any rules if we were to really just fucking tear into this bad boy. But not each individual window, because that will take some time. Do you know what? In the spirit of this episode, I reckon breaking those rules would bring about a certain anti-Santa, a certain problem, an S- issue, if you will, I, a certain. Let's really get that Germanic. Let's really get that sound. Oh, the foil! God, it's one of those advent calendars for the foil. Here, Danny, you can have number one, because you're number my one. number one. It's the Christmas countdown! Wait, what What was number one? I just ate it. Oh, uh, it's it? it a present. It's a present. Um, I'm going to open number two, and then we're going to stop, because this is not good audio. <laughs> <laughs> this is not good podcast. This is not good podcast at all. I'll start playing loud music soon, and then we'll be back to normal. <laughs> Hang on, let me... Let's get that sound well, that again. SpongeBob thing of... 25 doors Danny, later. the calendar wants to ask a question. Alright, go on. Can you do a Christmas dance? Um, I'm going to do an amazing Christmas dance, but because people at home can't see it, you're just going to have to describe I how think, amazing it is. Well, I think maybe people will get to oh, see it. Oh, no! I think maybe people will get to see it. You've done it now, Danny. Whoa! Don't shock me. This is what they call... What is it that called in the, in, in the industry? Multimedia. Multimedia. So, if you're listening to the podcast... Danny, you're going to start doing your dance in three, right. two, one. So, well, this is wonderful. If you're listening to the podcast, you're going to have to go to the Facebook page to watch this. Cross-promotion. Piece of truly atrocious dancing. <laughs> it's Christmas-themed. Also, I feel like the lighting on the camera, the lighting of this room looks really sinister. <laughs> like, you're kind of just being lit by the glow of the laptop. It's the recording studio, everyone. This is good. This has been a good podcast so far. <laughs> Danny, why don't you introduce the show and we'll get this buddy gravy train a rolling. What's up, people of Peopleton? Welcome to Second Opinion Movie Podcast, show where we take a film with a general consensus, whether it be good or bad, and we find the imperfections and redeeming features accordingly. I'm Danny Jones and Saint Nick himself, Scott Morrison. I'm large and have a beard. You do have a beard. I do. Well, it's a... It's hair on my face. Do you you grew you started trying to grow a beard as well? Yeah. It didn't Do you go well. call it a beard? No. I, call, I also don't. I, call it I feel like I'm surely at the stage where I'm like, 
This is a beard now. You've got a beard. I haven't. It's beardish. I've got... Um, mine's gone really patchy. It's gone horrible. Mm. Sometimes I'm scared it looks, looks like a goatee. Mm. It looks okay. Yeah? From where I'm standing. And or the, sitting. In the dim light. <laughs> I think that's it. The lighting in this room is really sinister. Because I'm also like naturally blonde, which doesn't help when you're trying to grow a beard. You've got black hair, which like as soon as as soon as you remotely show in a beard, it looks like a beard because it's black against yeah. your skin. As whereas blonde, like um it, it's still not any good but even when it started to it was like oh i'm sorry what's that is that is that a few whiskers because it's like blends in with the skin yeah. i've made a terrible choice trying to grow a beard but well why don't you get rid of it could do <laughs> that's always the option i know no one's holding you beard hostage no i just wanted i just wanted to try a beard and then realized i just couldn't grow a beard <laughs> maybe i should just keep the mustache Oh no! Yeah, no, 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 no this is also the second episode, the first episode where we've talked about a director we've already talked about. Is that true? I think it is. I don't think we've talked about anyone else more than once, but we've now talked about Michael... No, we have. Doherty. We have. <laughs> Who? M. Night. We did... Shit, we did M. Night twice. Ah, oh, no. We were quite a fan of M. Night at the time. We've done M. Night twice. Aye. We've done him twice. <laughs> 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 the twist is he's done us yeah he bloody has mate he's hook line and sinkered us twice I uh my confession was I think I'm in love with Michael Doherty yeah I want to make sweet sweet gremlin-esque babies with him gremlin movies-esque babies with him he's so close to making a gremlin movie this well. movie feels like an audition for, we're talking about Krampus Krampus from 2014? Uh, yes. Yeah. Maybe That's, 15. Maybe 15, actually. I'm going to say no, because Force Awakens was out in 15, and I feel like... Oh, was it? This would have overshadowed it. Is that true? Is that a truth? Krampus was 2015. Well done, Dan. Oh, yeah. You bloody got me. Got me. Um, my Christmas dance. This film feels like him auditioning... To make a Gremlins movie. Aye. Big time. Like, there's a scene in the middle of this film where it just goes crazy with the creatures that they are being attacked by. All around, all these tiny little little animated gingerbread men and scary teddy bears with big teeth and weird, like, winged angel dolls that are flying at them. Just all craziness. It really does feel like this is him taking a crack at a Gremlins movie without actually making a Gremlins movie. Yeah. I'm on board with that. I'm on board with him to make a Gremlins movie if he yeah. wanted to. But he's making Godzilla. It's it's the next strange one. Which way to go? I don't feel that's playing to his strengths. No? Well, because if you look at the two films he's done beforehand, they've both been very kind of small... Well, Krampus and Trick or Treat. Yeah. Instantly, if you want, you can go back and listen to our Trick or Treat episode, Aye. which we did for Halloween, because it's super good. Um, both the, the films are kind of quite, like, small-scale, like, quite compact 
group of characters, compact kind of locations, like Trick or Treat just kind of set basically on this one street, hmm. effectively, or one little town, Krampus, 90% of the movie takes place in a house. And all the creature designs are quite small. They're very heavily detailed. Yeah. But they're very they're very small. I feel like, I don't know, it's Godzilla, like a big monster. He's a very all, the big thing monster. With Trick- He's the king of the monsters. Because the thing with Trick or Treat and Camp Krampus as well is that they're both really campy and really goofy. And like, it's all a bit tongue-in-cheek. I think Godzilla could use the tongue-in-cheek. Yeah? Yeah, I reckon, like... Because the last one was really fucking it was so bland serious. and boring. It was so serious. So, like, if it had the tongue-in-cheek, it would be, a, like, a bit more interesting to watch and a bit more humorous. Yeah. And, like, um, stuff like having to put off big monster battles to the third act will be a bit more easy to watch if you're if you're enjoying the process and the characters mm-hmm. and all of that um, in the meantime. Because mm-hmm. he does a great job in this movie of setting up the characters. Yeah. But maybe we should talk. Maybe we should give a brief rundown of the plot. You want to give a brief rundown of the plot? Uh, Krampus. Brief. <laughs> <laughs> or you know what? I'll do it. I'll just do it. <laughs> um, so Krampus set at Christmas. Uh, we got family. Main kid in the family. Max. He's getting a bit annoyed. He's getting a bit stressed out. Because mm. Christmas isn't how Christmas used to be, Danny. Mm. All the kids are really shit. His family are a bit annoying. They don't. They don't. They don't do family traditions anymore. Like watch Charlie Brown's Christmas Caper. They don't do any of these things anymore. And he's getting upset. He starts to get really upset. And so Max, they, you know, they all get into an argument. And Max's like, "I hate you guys, and I hate Christmas." And he rips up his Christmas list and he throws it out the window. Somebody bloody doesn't like that. I'll tell you who, mate. It's the Krampus. You yeah, that Krampus man. He's an old. And guy. the Krampus is. It's never really described in the movie. I guess what he is. But he's like an evil Santa Claus. He doesn't come to... It does not describe, but his image yeah. is an evil Santa Claus. He doesn't come to reward children. He comes to punish them. When they've forgotten the spirit of Christmas. When they've forgotten the true meaning of Christmas. And so there's a big snowstorm and a big power outage. And um, basically this family ends up barricaded in their home. Because the Krampus is trying to kill them all. Using take them all to the, the underground. Well, take them to the underground with all his little crazy henchmen, which consist of little gingerbread men and elves and crazy teddy bears. Jack and the box worms. Jack and the box worms and so much craziness that you can't even believe. And so it kind of becomes like a home invasion movie almost. Yeah. Which I think is super interesting for like a Christmas movie. Yeah. <laughs> all of it's super interesting for a Christmas mm. movie because it's like... It would be hard to think. This would be a question. What what is the contemporary Christmas classic? Like, what film is? If you take Krampus out of the occasion, who I think wins the contemporary Christmas um, classic by being something different. Mm-hmm. But what else would be? What is the recent Christmas film that like you could imagine add into the Christmas um, catalog? Of? Recently, yeah, I can't think of any. This is the one. Yeah, this is the yeah, one. yeah because this is the one since it came out that I've been like championing. I mean, I guess it only came out in 2015, so technically I've watched it every Christmas since it came out. Because <laughs> I watched it last Christmas, and I've watched it just now with you. Like, but I'm not going to be watching... I'm not re-watching The Night Before. I didn't see The Night it's Before. It's a fine movie. Aye. But, like, I'm not going out of my way. What Christmas films are out this year? This year? Oh, Bad Mum's Christmas. Bad Mum's Christmas. No, I watched that. Bad Mum's at Christmas. Bad Mum's having, doing Christmas. And Daddy's Home Daddy's too. Home 2... 
Christmas. We've let Mel Gibson back in. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Mel Gibson plays Santa Claus. Yeah, not a lot. There's a ho- there's a Christmas horror movie out right now. Is there? <clears throat> it's called like. Oh, I don't know what it's called. But there's a, there is a Christmas movie. There's What's a it Christmas about? horror movie. I just have no idea. All I've seen is the poster. The poster is, it's like a bat. It's like a hand holding a bat that's wrapped in uh, Christmas lights, and it looks like barbed wire. And they're standing in front of a house. What the fuck's it called? Well, I don't. I don't even recall seeing that one. Well, you tell you what. You, you do you s- think it's the- keep going with your point, and I'll find the name of it. Yeah. Well, the it's hard. It's hard to make the contemporary Christmas film now, and I can't even think what would be. The contemporary Christmas... What, the most latest? Yeah. I mean, there's like nostalgia trips from when we were little. Maybe Tim Allen's Santa Claus has a has a spot in that because a lot of us watched that as a kid. Mm. And I suppose the third one is fairly recent. But like, apart from that, what, what, what else is there? Home Alone 5? Home Alone 5. Home Alone 5, is that the contemporary Christmas movie? Uh, it did come out, I think, like 2012. Yeah. So it's quite there? recent. It was called Better Watch Out. Oh, that's like what it's called. Better Watch Out. I didn't see it. No. It was only in for a week, apparently, because I just looked to find the name just on the Cineworld app, and the movie's gone. <laughs> so, because fucking Star Wars has consumed Ooh. any and all movies what that... Film, what, what films are out now, right now to compete with it? Well, you can see Daddy's Home 2. Oh, Christmas no. at, Dad, at Daddy's House. Or you can see... Mums have Christmas, so Bad basically mums. you're getting both sides of the the parental spectrum. Aye, your mum's having cr- bad Christmas. Your dads are having a, a crazy Christmas. Everyone's having Christmas. Everyone. Or you can dad. watch, but you better watch out, because better watch out might be better than both of those. But I don't know. I didn't read anything about it or see anything about it except that poster. But yes, I agree with you, hundred percent. I don't think. There has been... I don't think there's been a film, like a Christmas movie, quite like this in a long time. Where this, I think, is going to resonate and stick around for a long time. Whereas something like The Night Before, as fun as it is, will kind of just disappear. Aye. Um, Jim Carrey did a Christmas Carol. Which is good. I think out of all those fucking weird CG motion capture movies... That was... uh, That's the best one, I I think. think. Was that one Robert Zemeckis? Yeah, that was Zemeckis. Yeah. I remember he did that one. I remember it being very visual, probably like to to justify its 3D release because mm-hmm. it was a 3D. Film. Oh yeah, the snow in that movie looked gorgeous. Yeah, I remember mm-hmm. that. It was like it actually looked like it was um, in dropping front in front of you, which was really, really <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, but apart from another fucking Christmas Carol, and surely they've given up doing them now. Mm-hmm. Um, no, this. I don't think they have. There's a Christmas Carol on at the theater in Glasgow just now. The theater's another different. version. Yeah. The theater's different. I mean, are we not was. done? <laughs> have we not seen that enough who's fucking going in to see a Christmas carol and at the end being like oh! <laughs> what <laughs> he's learned his lesson <laughs> uh, I mean the Muppets did it and like no one else needs to do it anymore yeah that's, that's it that's the penultimate one with Michael Caine um, that's, the, that's the best Christmas carol yeah so did you enjoy this I really enjoyed that's this. good because halfway through you started doing a little bit of nitpicking and I was like what's going on here <laughs> What's going on? Is Danny going to come at me? Is that what's going to happen? I can't remember what my points were. Uh, you... I was always nitpick, nitpicking at any film. I always watch... I like. I even have a love the film. I always watch and go, that's stupid. It's, yeah. it's just the nature of writing something and like not thinking of all of the, the various things. But, that but everything... Of. Like sometimes... 
as I said to you, I think you just have to sacrifice that sometimes to Aye. just move. Well, I've already along. forgotten what I was nitpicking. About, you were so. nitpicking. So the first person to go missing is the daughter. Yes, that's oh, when you realize yeah, it because yeah, yeah. the daughter's like, I want to go to my boyfriend's house and make sure he's okay. So they're like, fine, whatever, go. She'll be fine. She's only going around the block, around the block, um, and then what she disappears, and so the dad tries to go out looking for her, finds her boyfriend's house all like destroyed basically and then comes back and you were complaining that the mum and dad didn't seem overly concerned that their daughter had gone missing yeah because they 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 were they were sort of relaxed they were boarding up some they were even having a little bit of a joke and stuff and um trying to you know keep the kids and like i understand they want to do brave face in front of the kids and stuff but like um when their uncle comes in and he's like i was only out there for four minutes and this is pretty much frostbite Mm -hmm. and they go to the boyfriend's house and the boyfriend's house is empty there's no one in it it's like snow like the snow is in it inside it it's all frozen over inside um that to me signifies there's a good chance your daughter's definitely but at the same time like there's so much going on in the moment i think yeah, but as a parent, wouldn't you? Uh, but I'm a, sure they are. A, but they're not just like Whoa! like hysterical. As about a, it. a daddy's home or a bad Christmas mom, wouldn't you expect them <laughs> to be really concerned that their teen, like preteen, like daughter, is just disappeared? And that's not even to mention the fact that they're vaguely aware there's a monster around attacking them. That's not even to mention that. Like they're just kind of even if she was out there and there was no mon- monster, she was monster. trapped in a bl- um, blizzard. Um, that would seem like she. There was a high chance of her dying. You yeah. think their first concern is like that paternal, in, um, paternal, maternal instinct would be, fucking hell, what's happened to Beth? What's happened to our daughter? We need to save her. I'm just not on board. I don't know. I agree with his plan because if the if the frostbite is happening, he's got, no sense in them going outside. No, he's got a logical plan, but you'd think that their concern for their daughter would be a bit more visceral, especially when missing. Um, kids and stuff like that like you think it'd be a lot more visceral but they were a lot more oh my god we need to do something we can't just sit here um, but like I don't think this is a major criticism of the film I was just surprised by their reaction I was like they seem quite relaxed yes they seem they're like I, they're already like there's not much we can do about it and uh, let's just okay. wait it out I would say that balances out though when the first because it's 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 portrayed that like because there's the two families there's Adam Scott's family and there's the fucking guy from Anchorman I can't remember his name um like there's their two families and Adam Scott's family is considered more kind of reserve and middle class hmm. and the other family is more like redneck hillbilly the south will rise again types and so did you not think that it it it, wor- it balances quite well when like when the redneck family's kid goes missing, the dad immediately picks up a shotgun and tries to storm outside and shit hits the fan. But that shows the different dynamic between the two families and the way they approach things, where Adam Scott has a more reserved, like, maybe we need to board up the house and hold back and wait this out. Whereas board his up, one is Board like, up the house so that there's, even if the daughter does manage to get her way back to the house, there's no way she's coming in because we've boarded They can up. get her. It takes two seconds. They just have to lift the things off the door. They show you do it later on in the movie. Yeah, that's fair Snitpicking. Nitpicky bullshit. <laughs> that's fair. I can see the different dynamic. Although, in my in my opinion, that just makes the, the uncle from Anchorman just the better dad. 
why don't you go fucking make your own Krampus right? <laughs> and we can all just we, you can make it like a fucking Terrence Malick movie the daughter goes missing and we spend three hours all sitting around moaning about it until all of them just die from starvation <laughs> It wasn't there, like, it was, I was surprised I know, that they were more joking. proactive. I know. Um, which, because um, they lose kids pretty quickly in this film, because there's a lot of kids to lose. I feel like the first thing you notice if you're, like, watching it as a film fan there's is, a like, lot of there's a lot to of kids missing, to lose. Yeah. Um, well, you got, you got three, four, five, five teens, and then a baby. Yeah. <laughs> five teens and a baby was my favourite 90s sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> That does sound like a great thing. <laughs> like, how are those teenagers looking after that baby? Where are all their parents? Yeah. Um, but yeah, what, like, I love that, the, like, speaking of that, like, the difference between the characters and stuff, I love the setup of all the characters in this movie. Because they spend that first half hour hmm. really hitting home each character's personality and who the major douchebag, because they're all kind of shitty, but like who the major shitty people are and who the like less shitty people are. Aye. I love that. I'm a particular big fan of the ant. She's my favorite <laughs> character because of all her weird one-liners. Like, um, was it, I haven't been hung o- this hungover since the Pope died. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was advocating was a, such a strange line, I don't think I even got it. Either she was so happy the Pope died, because <laughs> she didn't like that Pope that they got drunk celebrating, or she was really sad that the Pope died, and so they got drunk in mourning. It's one of those two. Yeah. It's one of those two options. Yeah. Um, but I love her. I think she's... And she gets the most badass sequence in the film, or the most badass death, when, like, she dons the shotgun and is just fucking taking out monsters left and right, and then she turns around and all the elves come barging through the window, and she's like, I'll see you in hell! And she get like, dragged <laughs> out the window. Like, this is amazing. Pour some out. Pour some out for the ant. She's my favorite character. I like the ant. Um, but yeah, what did you think of all the characters in this movie? I um, I like the introduction to the characters. I like uh, I like the clash of the family. There's something very um, connect. Everybody can Every, relate. Everybody to that. can yeah. connect. Like like the sort of slightly distant family um, coming in and like there being just like different traditions and different yeah. stuff and different ways the family act and stuff. And the kid says like, why, why do we have to spend Christmas with them just because we share DNA? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. Yeah. Um, and that sort of clash between um, two families, sort of even just the way the families are, just one, as you say, more reserved, mm. is very, you can connect with that very easily. Mm. You, not even on a Christmas level, it was just that sort of slight a difference between you and a um, distant relatives do you think it's easy to get people to connect to christmas movies by just having that as a trope like the two families that don't get along at christmas i feel like the two families that don't get along at christmas though you could get away with any movie mm. like you could do that in any movie and that would be you'd still connect with yeah them. but christmas i think there's more that thing of christmas you're really trying to get along with everyone yeah i suppose because it's more tradition you're yeah. there because you're there you're there because christmas dictates it Aye. jesus demands it <laughs> you're there because it's specifically there to have a good time yeah i yeah i get what you mean there um yeah i agree mm. Mm. i like the the setup of this movie as well because it does there's elements of this film that play off like you can definitely see there's some national lampoon in there Yes, one hundred percent. You can. It's like a like when a the when the van rolls up and the whole house starts shaking like there's an earthquake going on. <laughs> that is that jet. That feels like the opening of Christmas Vacation, and then the scene when 
Max rips up his Christmas list and throws it out the window and the camera follows it up and you see the moon and then it zooms back as he shuts the window and stuff. Feels super like a Spielberg. Yeah. Film. Like it's, it feels like something ripped straight out of Close Encounters or E.T. or something like that. Mm. Um, which I love. I love so that it clearly is a film that has its influences. Uh, so it's very... Again, we've got like another 80s nostalgia mm. prop. Like it feels very like Gremlins, National yeah. Lampoon, Spielberg. Very, very 80s vibe. Mm-hmm. Even that sort of 80s horror film, which is almost a horror film the whole family could watch, which was, mm. a, I feel like, a very 80s thing. Mm. Stuff like Poltergeist and stuff, mm. but like almost. But I think it's great how tonally, like, the film, it gets way darker as it goes on, mm. but it doesn't feel like a big shift. Like, it feels like a natural progression. Because at first it's kind of goofy, like, biting head, he bites the head out of the gingerbread man, the gingerbread man comes to life, and you're like, whoa! And... <laughs> All that kind of crazy stuff. And then, but when you get to the end, towards the end, it's genuinely some of the stuff is quite harrowing. Aye. Um, especially when people start dropping like flies in this movie in the last 15 I, minutes. I, I said to you, I was struggling to keep up. Yeah. I was like, there was two people in the truck and I was like, hang on. I try to count my finger. Who, who we left with? Yeah. I can't remember. But you can see when they're lining up at the door and they're getting ready to run outside hmm. and Adam Scott's like, hold, everybody just hold on to someone. There looks like genuine fear in his eyes. Like they are petrified of what's about to happen like what uh, might happen and they are just yeah they're just literally dropping like flies just getting dragged under the ground by whatever this worm thing that's going around is um that you never see which i kind of like i like that there's like an all what like because obviously there's all these different creatures like the bugs bunny thing yeah 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 there's all these like different bugs creatures bunny. in the movie and i like how there's this one that's just something that's burrowing along the ground and you don't know what it is all you get is the sort of like what you said the bugs bunny like the the earth kind of moving around i love that i love that there's this unseen force that's going around as well um but yeah like people are just getting it's down and when the l when the two kids get into the they're hiding in the truck and the elves are all battering on the window this is harrowing this is scary stuff man i it like it's harrowing but Mm. like it's also surprising by how almost ridiculous the villains yeah, are yeah like you've got gingerbread men that are alive and you've got these elves that are wearing f- um funny funky masks and you've got all this this almost absurd stuff an evil santa which should almost be like a um like a asylum knockoff yeah like over um stupid cash-in film but like it, it legitimately does feel demonic and mm-hmm. like quite um as you say, heroin. Mm-hmm. It's got quite like Evil Dead vibes to it as well. Yeah. Or Evil Dead 2. Yeah, definitely more Evil Dead 2. Just very like over the top. Or even Trick or Treat. Hmm. Well, it's gonna have it's gonna have. Aye, ah, but like Trick or Treat has that exact same vibe of like a um or, almost ridiculous, almost like just just mm. absurd imagery that makes it like Krampus feels almost more like a dark comedy at times than it does a horror film. Mm because of the ridiculous especially the the kid for some strange reason sees a a gingerbread man dangling from the fireplace and goes i'm gonna eat he's gonna eat it (laughs) and but there's there's a weird thing where you kind of just buy into it Hmm. because he has been that character has been set up as an idiot Hmm. very dense he just stares at everybody throughout the movie um uh with this just blank expression so when he bites the head off the cookie it feels like the right thing that he would do. You know what I mean? <laughs> Even if it's a ridiculous thing. To Even do. if it's ridiculous, but that's what I'm getting at, is that he sets the movie up so well and all the characters so well that you fully believe 
every single thing that they do hmm. and each character does things very specific to them and the way they've been set up he has a kind of a vibe of that that kid from home alone mm. the older one with the spider and yeah stuff. what's his name can't remember buck buck I feel like it's some sort of name like that. Like, like a, a reindeer? Oh! Buckshot! <laughs> um, uh, he, Michael Duerty, is also... Uh, I'm going to keep pronouncing it differently every time. Duerty. Um, he is super good at directing children. Yeah. Because both this and Trick or Treat have had, like, featured child actors quite heavily. Yeah. And they're great. Yeah. They're really good. Max that's, that's in this especially point. is really, really good. It's very believable. It's all kind of like he does feel quite amplified, hmm. but he feels like a traditional protagonist to yeah. like this sort of Christmas yeah. film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, almost like just slightly over too optimistic, but like a, almost in a shiny, glossy Spielberg way. Mm-hmm. Um, like in when it's not a Christmas defending his family from evil Santa, he's taking aliens back to their home planet in his bicycle. Like he does feel very like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's just surprising to me how, you know, they always say never work with children. He seems to be doing buddy all right. How many childrens do you think there'll be in Godzilla? <gasps> That'd be awesome. What if he made that? Do you remember that animated Godzilla series? Yeah. What Vaguely. if he made that? Wow. Like live action, he just made the Godzilla animated series. So it's a bunch of kids, and Godzilla is helping them to fight monsters. Amazing. I'm sold. I'm fucking sold. <laughs> but Mothra's in it. Yeah, Mothra would be in it. Right. They have to fight Mothra. And Mothra usually helps him. Godzilla is kind of like, like he's really. Mothra's usually the and... good person. Is Mothra a good person? Mothra no. usually is. She's the defender of Earth. Defenders of the Earth, defenders. <laughs> it's uh, Ghidorah that they want to. Is defend. that the bad one? He's. I think he's the three-headed dragon. He's not. He's not a good three-headed dragon, though. Do we just write a Godzilla movie? <laughs> Maybe. I have a thing. I feel like the thing of Godzilla. It's not hard to write a film. You yeah. need absurd set pieces <clears throat> with mon- big monsters. It's not and hard. Not Aaron Taylor Johnson. Aye, or at least Aaron Taylor Johnson is more uh, more charismatic. Yeah, he's been good in one movie. I think. Kick ass. Kick ass. Has he not been good in another film? Name another film he's been good in, Danny. That's a good point. <clears throat> I feel like Godzilla, a lie's been no. revealed. <laughs> Avengers, no. What else has he been in? He was alright in Avengers. What else has he been in? That's how forgettable he is. Uh, Angus Fong, Perfect Snoggin. I've not seen that. No, neither have I. Is that good? Well, <laughs> <laughs> let's change, let's talk about that right now. <laughs> talk about that. Yeah. Right, I'm still eating calendar chocolate for yeah. anybody concerned. We, um, we took a pee break. You did. And uh, in the break, we just ripped it out of the packaging, and I feel like I feel like everything I was taught at Christmas has I've just shat all over it now because <laughs> I'm just eating chocolates. You raised a good Christmas boy. Fifty p though, that's a good deal mm. for that much chocolate. If you can just eat it all now, that's a good deal. <laughs> exactly. It's actually you'd be quite a lucky kid if you. <clears throat> got a calendar now because you've got like 14 days of chocolate to eat to catch up with mm. it's pretty good but then I think it would feel alarmingly um, slow after that mm. 14 chocolate one day and then 
vroom, one chocolate the and next one day. chocolate a day. You can't condition a child to not be on <laughs> to that kind of that kind of change in speed. What? Kind of... What? How do you feel about if you did it the reverse way? What if you started at door twenty four? Oh shit! And then son. door twenty three. Door twenty two. How would you feel about that? What you want to work back? So it's like a countdown like a count rather down. than a. Oh, how would you feel about that? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> <What are> you? <laughs> I packed his interest. The thing is, you'd get the best chocolate first, but then you always get a like. Well, with 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 any good calendar, you get like a big one on Christmas Day. Yeah. Although, by the time you get to number one, not worried too much. Next day, uh, next day's Christmas. Next day's Christmas. And you're gonna get a lot of it's your life shit in Christmas. You know. What difference does it make? Hey, just like, hey, all I've got to do is sleep and have loads of chocolate. I'll have, I'll have Christmas pudding. Here's my calendar question for you, Danny. Right. Okay. I'm going home. I'm going back to Aberdeen. Oh, I know. Uh, this is happening on the I, uh... on the 22nd. Okay. Which means there will be three days of chocolates left. Okay. In any a good calendar. Now here's what I'm asking, Danny. Right. And you know what I'm asking. I'm, I don't know what you're asking. I see a dilemma here. Do I eat them before I go away or when I come back? <sighs> Do I eat those last three, thus breaking the countdown? Or do I keep them till I get back? But by that point, it's just going to make me sad eating oh. calendar chocolate because it's January. Nobody likes January. <laughs> Nothing positive happens in January. Sorry if you were born in January. Sorry. <laughs> If you were born in January, <laughs> but no one cares about you. <laughs> like Christmas has just happened. If you're born in February, you're just edging in, but... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. February, like... Yeah. I'd say fe- anytime after February 1st, you're good. Yeah. January, though? <sighs> Get out. But if December, you've you've got to deal with that old, oh, what's it like having a birthday through Christmas? Ha, <laughs> ha, Yeah, it's every single year. It's like, so you don't need to remind me. It's every single yeah, year. Tedious. Um... That's cool. We should get back to talking about this movie. Um, instead of calendar chocolate. Did you answer my question? What was the question again? Should I eat them before or after? Oh, um, before. Before. Yeah, because after, you, you're right, after you don't like, you don't want to be thinking about advent chocolate after. Because, mm. you know. Like, it made baked tradition, I mean, this is breaking tradition in a major We way. have broken tradition in a so big way. So you, you've proven it's not a problem for you. I am worried that we're going to get into trouble from the... <laughs> I'm worried I'm going to get coal in my stocking this year because of this moment. Ah. Mm. The, the, the the Christmas police will be here any moment. Mm. SWAT team. A Co- swat must team. <laughs> coal in my stocking sounds like a porno. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of porno is that? Christmas porno. <laughs> Anywho. Have you got a candy <clears throat> in your pocket? Um, the set design in this movie... Super good. I want to talk about it. I like the they house. get a major, like post-apocalyptic vibe going on when they go outside in this mm. film. There was parts. See when they're exploring the house, things like that. It kind of reminded me of something like The Road. Okay. That very everything's run down and covered in. Obviously, it's snow, but looks like it's covered in this thin layer of ash or something. Like it's been there for a while. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that a lot, and um. The whole thing of turning the house into... Uh, th- there was something, and this might be weird, but like when the house is kind of getting fully destroyed, hmm. it reminded me a lot of Jumanji. Yeah. The end of Jumanji, when they I have to fight... You mean, you the... mean Welcome to the Jungle? No. <laughs> <laughs> Shh, don't fucking talk about movies that aren't out yet. <laughs> I'm talking about the original Jumanji, when they have to fight the 
Is it the alligator? Yeah. In the house. Yeah. And it effectively, you almost forget that it's a house. Because hmm. just all this foliage and stuff inside. And uh, you don't really get a sense of what's outside the house after a certain point. Hmm. And it kind of felt like that with this movie. You get to a certain point and because you look outside the window and it's just snow, you kind of forget that there is an outside almost and everything just exists in this one house. And when everything starts going to shit and the outside starts coming in and the house starts getting covered in snow and things like that, it reminded me a lot of, reminded me a lot of Jumanji. Hmm. I was thinking of Jumanji. I can see. Yeah. I can see your point. Yeah. So, like, what happened to Derek? The boyfriend? Yeah. He's probably dead. But, but like... You don't find out what happened to Beth, either. The girl. The I presume she was in that... Um, the lock-up with all the... Oh! Yeah. So where do they all go? Do they just all go straight to the underground? Presumably. Because, <clears throat> like, I think Derek got taken to the underground, presumably... But, like, it wasn't him that forgot the Christmas spirit. He might be fucking loving Christmas. <laughs> he might be reading his copy of Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol going, I don't even need the movies. I've mm. got the original novel. I'm so in the Christmas mm. spirit. Hey, homeless person, here's another copy of the Christmas Carol. Here's a coffee as well, just to warm you up today. Mm. But do you think that... Because So at the end of this movie, right? Krampus throws them all, drags them all underground. And then Max wakes up and, oh, you think it's all been a dream. Yeah. Or that Krampus has granted his wish and, you know, he's although, let him have the best Christmas ever. Although you say that, but, what, 2015? And the idea of a film ending with, <clears throat> it was just all a dream, mm. is like, to the point where it's almost ridiculous. If they actually cannot, ended with, oh, yeah. uh, it's all a dream, this would be It just, would have never been a dream. Yeah. I don't think that, that's my point so when he wakes up and you're like um, there's a sense of it has all been a dream you're like yeah. well it can't have been because it's a 2015 film and the 2015 film knows better there at least I wouldn't even say it feels like a dream but if, it felt at first like okay the Krampus has accepted yeah. that Max wants to do better hmm. with his family and so he's going to let him have the Christmas he wanted but that's not the case because Krampus doesn't fuck about no he don't as the old woman said Krampus is here to punish not reward uh, the camera pulls back and reveals that the house is just inside a snow globe and Krampus adds it to his collection of other houses. So my, I'm wondering, are they just trapped there eternally to live Christmas over and over again? Or are they just trapped in the house eternally? Or what's the deal there, do you think? Well, presumably it's always snowing if it's in a snow globe. Mm. It sounds like someone wished for that song, I wish it could be Christmas. Mm. Every, and then it all went wrong. Yeah. Oh, God, no, wait, hang on. Yeah. I've got, I don't like what I've wished for here. Well, bloody hell, this is far too much. Um, I probably eternally stuck in that Christmas morning, mm-hmm. but also knowing it's not real. Would that drive you mad? It was like, the, if you had... Yeah, that did definitely drive you mad. Like, it was the perfect Christmas day, but you knew it wasn't real. Would that drive you mad? Yes. Yes, you would definitely. just enjoy the perfect Christmas day. Every day? Well, it's the perfect Christmas day, so even if it is every day, it's perfect, so you don't worry about it. The ground... And you Christmas. can't go outside. Well, you can go outside, you just can't go further than the globe. Further than the globe. So you can go outside, um, you can build a snowman if you like. So my, But my question was, initially... Okay. Because it's revealed that, so at the end of the movie, they're in the snow globe, it's mm. just the family. <clears throat> the boyfriend's not there. Derek. And neither is the delivery man. Yeah. So I'm wondering, are they just good to keep knocking about? In their day-to-day lives. But the delivery man's dead. 
he got frozen. Yeah, but then... Presumably the house isn't in a literal snow globe. Like, the literal house isn't in a literal snow globe. You know what I mean? Why is that? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> like you think you... all the carnage that happened in the real world is still there? Do you think it reverts back to normal? I think it might, maybe. Or maybe I... not. No, it can't, because well, the know... old woman tells the story about when Krampus came to her and killed everybody, but left her to spread the word that hmm. Krampus was real. So, yeah, no, you're right. It doesn't revert back. They'll, that shit will all still be there. But it, it, there must be, like, it can't have only happened, Krampus can't have only happened twice, once in uh, no, Germany not. and then second in modern yeah. day um, within Coincidentally, it happens both to this family. Yeah. Aye. So it must have happened to other people and then it's reverted back to hide the fact it happens. I don't know. Because otherwise you'd hear reports of monster attacks, surely. Yeah. Presumably. That's true. Yeah. Mm. Government conspiracy? Government consp- It could be covered up by the CIA. It's gotta be. Yeah. They don't want people knowing about Krampus. No, they don't. They want their... They want the... If they, they don't know the old lady is alive. Well, they'd have fucking... They'd have got her. Silenced her. They'd have got her. They, they need the general public quiet. to be calm. So if you tell them there's a Krampus knocking about, they won't stay calm. That's it. No. Never. Put up your Christmas tree, mate. Everything's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> why, would, why would you say don't worry? Just don't worry. Oh, yeah. I feel like there's something to worry about. Don't worry. We've covered it. <laughs> so obviously, it, sentimentality is a huge cornerstone in when making a um, Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Sentimentality of Scrooge finding out, oh, I need to change my ways and be a better person. And George Bailey going, everybody appreciates me. And oh, it's, like, it's actually great to be alive. And I'm glad I was born. Mm-hmm. Um, when little boy Max confronts Krampus on the the volcano going into the underground, he says, at first, he tries to prove he's noble by saying he takes back his wish. He then tries to prove he's noble by sacrificing himself mm-hmm. to save his family. And then he tries to prove he's noble by apologizing. But none of that works. Do you think that's a deliberate, like a deliberate takeaway? Because you'd think in a more sentimental film, one of those would work. He's that trying he to would figure wait, out. Yeah, that he like would he's wake trying up to and figure it would have all been reverted back to normal. Aye, like he's <coughs> trying to figure out the meaning of Christmas, which is basically any decent Christmas movie, that's kind of what it's about. Yeah. It's finding out the meaning of Christmas. Um, that's what he's doing, um, trying to take back these things he's done, trying to prove he's noble and sacrifice. But the film, even when he's like, take me instead, kills his cousin. You know, down yeah. you go into underground, bye! He kind of laughs a bit, and then he grabs him by the head and just drops him down there. So this film is almost an anti-Christmas film, Yeah, would you agree? I guess so, yeah. I don't really think about it like that, because you're much smarter than me. Shut <laughs> um, I didn't. Because uh... you feel like that one of those things was going to work. Is going to work. You feel like he's going to. Because when he does apologize to it, the it has a close up of the Krampus's eye, hmm. and you kind of think, "Oh, is, this is the moment where they're going to connect." And the Krampus uses his claw to wipe away one of the tears from the boy's eye. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. I guess it is. I guess I, you just keep coming back to. Maybe that the Krampus is there 
like in the historical lore of this thing, the Krampus is literally there to punish. So it doesn't matter if you decide you're redeemed. He's like, well, you already <laughs> fucked it. So. It's my job. I feel like he's punished for <laughs> very... Aye. Un- like, he's punished because he just wants to have a nicer Christmas. Um, it's quite a harsh punishment. It's a very harsh punishment, yeah. Because he's not, like, buying into the commercial side. Everyone else is buying in more into, like, the commer- like or maybe over-sentimentality, over-tradition. Like, the mother forcing those Christmas pictures. Mm. Um she realizes in the late this year's one, no one's happy and Santa's falling asleep or he's yeah. distracted or something. Well, so he's looking at the he's looking at the daughter's arse. <laughs> Is he? Yeah, that was the that was the joke. Oh, I missed that. I missed and that. And she's joke. like, God damn it. Um How good is the opening the scene opening, by the way? I was yeah, about to say, the, the opening, opening is very good. The like it's a, a Black Friday Christmas like frenzy yeah. riot happening in all the shop in slow motion and all of these sort of traditional it's, uh, it's beginning spirit. to look a lot like Christmas is playing over the top of it, yeah. And all this just brilliant. It's horrible. a brilliant opening to that film, yeah. Aye. It's brilliant. Um, what did you think of the creature design? I liked it. I was big fan of it, and it seems almost ridiculous because yeah. it is just evil. It's evil Santa crossed with the devil, mm. with the devil's horns like an evil Santa sort of face. But like, it really worked. The I sheer was... size of it Aye. is intimidating enough. Yeah. Um. When you see him up close, because it do- he doesn't seem like a creature that can move quickly. No, but he is fucking quick. <laughs> um, He's got places to. Those be. openings, the, the when he when the Krampus is chasing down the daughter, and he's leaping from rooftop to rooftop. It's so fast, and then like I said, when you see him up close, he's just a big lumbering, intimidating presence. Aye. Um, but I love that about it. I love the use of how many chains he has on him. Hmm. That seems to be Bells. a common Christmas thing, doesn't it? Like like a Christmas carol as well. The the ghosts. Uh, the Bob Mar. No Bob Marley. Yeah, it was fucking hell, Bob Marley. Bob Marley. <laughs> it was something Marley, wasn't it? Yeah, like the his uh, Scrooge's old yeah partner yeah. who is revealed to be stuck in chains due to mm-hmm. his life as a, a bad person. Mm-hmm. Right. But it just kind of reminded me of that. I wondered if there's any. You know, I mean, I'm sure they drew inspiration from a lot of things. Aye, maybe the connection to the Christmas Carol that makes sense. Yeah, but um, Christmas I really do. I love that it's fully practical. Doesn't seem like there's a lot of CG going no. on in there. The only time maybe some of the characters, the smaller ones. Oh yeah, the Gingerbread Man are very obviously that that's CG. I love them; they're hilarious. They're um, when they're they very, when the three the of them are ones. operating the one nail gun, that's great. Do you think right? This film is an advocate for guns. Mm, no because at the beginning the uncle makes a big point how everyone should have a gun yeah and then the woman's like his wife's like oh what did i say no gun chat at the table (sighs) and then they find those guns quite helpful yeah but i think i mean that's just they're just a redneck family i don't think it's making any kind of statement on guns i think it's just they're just a cliche redneck family who loves guns it sounds like it's making an accidental statement about Uh, guns i don't know i wouldn't go that far i don't think anyone's specifically being (laughs) pro-gun with this movie you know i mean that's that's nonsense you'd say that about any movie where any problem is solved because a character has a gun you know what i mean but they're domestic they're, they're a family who owns a gun as is their goddamn American right. As is their god. You, someone comes onto your property, is building fucking creepy snowmen. 
It's your God-given right. Pop those motherfuckers. The snowmen. Yes. That's a good scene. When yeah. they go outside and all the snowmen are built. I love... Something creepy about snowmen, isn't there? Except in the movie The Snowman. Yeah, which, which you is a, a fan of. fucking atrocious movie. And I hate that I spent two hours of my life watching it. <laughs> we can talk about that in our next episode. A, our snowman-themed podcast that we're doing now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the creature design. I love the jack-in-the-box. Yeah. Because that, again, just seems like a guy who's in that costume. Mm. A very practical effect. It does seem like a guy who is laid down. The jack-in-the-box effect, like, creature is... There's a tiny little box, and coming out of it is this huge worm, yeah. like, and then at the end Who's it, is, the it is like a jester, but he's got the two ha- arms, and then the big jester head, but he has like an alien mm. mouth, like his mouth opens. Like the predator. Teeth. It's yeah, he looked like, like predator. predator, that was it, yeah. Um, even kind of made a noise, mm. like an alien, it was like, Bruh! like that kind of, and I like when the Krampus is coming, and it does that creepy, like, clap when he's coming, like he's really yeah. excited about it, I was like, ooh, that's so disturbing. Um, I loved him. I think he's my favorite design in it because it's fantastic. I love the bear as well. The bear is great. The bear with the razor sharp teeth that uh, comes at them. Some uh, cool designs. <clears throat> it's really, it's really great design. And the sound design in this movie is fucking crazy as well. Like the, like I was just saying, the sound of all the monsters and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then like the soundtrack, the um, sound effects and design that like, makes it seem like a Spielberg film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hits it nail on the head. Yeah. And it all seems, I mean, it's obvious that so much of it was filmed on studios and stuff, but the outside stuff, just they mask that in such a way where it does mm. feel, like I said, it feels like this terrifying yeah, post-apocalyptic because you're in the middle of a suburban yeah. town, but like... You can't see more than a few yeah, feet in front of you. Yeah. You feel like you're in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. They like, they show you just how isolated mm-hmm. they are. It really is a stunning movie. Mm. And I hope it becomes more than just a film that a bunch of weirdos watch at Christmas. Uh, like, I want like... it to get a more I want it to get a popular following it does feel very, like I don't feel have many people talked about it outside of like I've not just... heard many people talk about it but the people I know who have seen it are like me like they love it they think hmm. it's stunning so I showed this movie to my mom and sister last year yeah and um, my sister loved it she thought it was brilliant uh, my mom's response was yeah it was it was different which is <laughs> mom's words for I hated that why did you think I would ever want to watch this? It's brilliant. <laughs> but I think it's fun. It's fun to just try and introduce people who don't really care about this kind of stuff. Hmm. Just introduce them to like something a bit alternative. You know, Aye. it's not just It's a cool Miracle like... on Christmas, a miracle on, you know, 34th Street or It's a Wonderful Life. It's just something a bit Aye. weirder and a bit different and It's a cool alternative to like all the classic Christmas mm. films. Big fan like big fan of it being But it still has those kind of other than the fact that no one is redeemed at the end, it still has all those kind of Christmas yeah. tropes just in a horror setting. Yeah. I think it achieves it's not it like well. Die I think Hard, it achieves it better is... than something like Black Christmas or something like that. Aye. It's not like Die Hard where it's like, it's coincidence more than anything that yeah. just happens to be at Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Every every alternative person's favourite Christmas movie, Die Hard. Everybody loves to say Die Hard's their favourite Christmas movie. Uh, do you know what my favourite Christmas movie is, Scott? Oh, Die Hard. Bloody, oh, <laughs> bloody, didn't see that one. Yeah, but you forgot though. It's, oh, it's, oh, it's definitely. It's I'm gonna, set at Christmas. Here's you know? a link to some websites that tell you it's definitely a Christmas movie. 
Yeah, by that logic, Iron Man Three is a Christmas movie. Yeah, but at the same Leave time, the weapons in you know Christmas what? movie. It is pretty fun to watch Die Hard at Christmas. Die Hard is good. Like if I'm gonna watch Die Hard, Christmas time is a good excuse to watch Die Hard. I haven't watched Die Hard in a long time. I should watch Die Hard. Oh, Die Hard's a great See, film. Yeah, you should watch Die Hard. I should watch Die Hard. Um, there was a uh, shit. Sorry, I dropped my pen. <laughs> a completely meta joke, which I appreciate. Which I, yeah, I didn't get. The, you tried to explain it to me. The but... noodle incident is from a Calvin and Hobbes um, strip that uh, they they say, oh, then the neighbor won't talk to us. Not after Max and that noodle incident. The noodle incident. It's literally a thing out of a Calvin and Hobbes um, strip that's known as like known as like a, a trope of TV and film, where. Uh, something's happened but not explained yeah. in the past and the famous one people quote is uh, the Avengers where Widow and um, uh, Hawkeye are talking oh this kind of reminds me of that other time that we were doing yeah. something and he was like you you and me remember that extremely differently It's um, but they, they completely quote Noodle Incident as it that's quite a nice cool meta joke I like that I'm glad I know that now. There's Next a, time I watch it, I'm going to be like, so an extra Christ- little chuckle when that. <laughs> it's a our Christmas tradition because last year's Christmas film. Can you cast your mind back to that? Was there was a metal joke. Death the, the Hall. No, it was what was it? Christmas called? Eve. Christmas Eve. And the van was named Deus Ex Machia. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, which is extremely meta joke. Oh uh, yeah. Remember Christmas Eve? How do you feel about Christmas Eve a year later? I still don't want to watch it again ever. <laughs> This is better than Christmas. This is better than Christmas Eve. I like that we've we we this is I've been enjoying the movies we've been watching recently. Yeah. As crazy as some of them have been, like I've been I've been liking it a lot more. It's more fun to get into this kind of stuff. Although Krampus I feel is not too offbeat. Yeah, 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 it's it's not too off. Yeah. It's probably the film that a lot of movie podcasts will be talking about in all honesty. Aye. But um yeah, I think with that, is there anything else you want to add? No. Should we just wish everybody a Merry Christmas? A Merry Christmas? Have yeah. a Merry Christ Mass, everybody. Yeah, if you're Christ in your Mass this year, if you're getting enjoy together, it merrily. If you're getting the Mass together for some Christ worshiping, Aye. you have a you have a good, you, 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 good day doing that. Yeah, have a good yeah have a good go at it. Good good time we call Christmas. Aye, and remember. Any letters you send to Santa, don't rip up and throw out the window. Yes, because you will get killed. You'll get killed also, don't Christmas. break the rules and eat a calendar chocolate. No, because uh, Scott's been devouring advent calendar yeah. chocolate uh, outside the regular doors. Uh, that flash from across the road's going to get him. Also, this will be our last episode for this year. Oh, for 2017. Yeah. That's, well, yeah, next one will be... Um, around that yeah which will be in early 2018 uh, mm. how crazy That's, is that Aye. this is our last episode it never occurred to me until right now oh. how um how has second opinion 2017 been it's been good I think this is our first full year though mm-hmm. isn't it like from January to December yeah yeah how's this year been well we've kept pretty consistent even when I went away for like six weeks and you still yeah. managed to keep it going which shows commitment <clears throat> I'm having fun I feel that's the important part. Yeah. I like that we're exposing ourselves to kind of stranger movies now. More experimental. Mm, rather than stuff we've just seen before. And it's like, oh, this is bad. <laughs> uh, it's like there's... Oh, genu- we, we started off with like <clears throat> Power Rangers and stuff. Yeah. But now we've ended with Paprika and Irreversible. <sighs> Irreversible. Still the experience. 
of I feel that that for this show, regardless of how long we do it, is never gonna go away. No. Like I think we're always in some shape or form gonna reference Irreversible. Yeah, because it's I mean it's a turning point in the podcast. Yeah, it definitely. really is. It like, definitely is. It's an the... irreversible turning point. Mm. What's been your favorite episode to do this year, Scott? Oh, this year, this year, this year, this year, this year. Um, I don't know. I think maybe the irreversible one. That was quite. Well, it wasn't fun because it was such. But it was such a, so different to anything we'd done before. Like a different, a completely different movie. What else did we do this year? Uh, I had fun doing Power Rangers. I must admit, Power Rangers was fun. I, I yeah. had fun doing that one. We did Dark Tower. That was quite fun to oh, God. unpack that. Have a rant about that. Um, yeah, there's been some good ones. Oh, we nearly cool. broke up over Colossal. <laughs> <laughs> but but we we you know we found a bond in over Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. That's true. Yeah. We saw Split. We saw Split. That was a good movie. And we weren't split about it. Mm. We both agreed. It's been an okay year. Aye. Next year. We need to get properly back into the swing of like making videos. Hmm. I feel like my issue is I went away. We were doing really well with promotion and like making videos for this and stuff. Then I went away and came back and have been lazy. Well, it's our New Year's second opinion, New Year's resolution. More guests. More guests. More videos. More videos. More out there experimental stuff. More fucking weird as fuck movies. I need to stop saying like all the time. <laughs> we're going to have a buddy go of it, Danny. We're gonna I'm excited it. to go on the second adventure with you. Third adventure with you. Here on... Because we've been doing it for three years. So, you... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, with that, Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. And uh, we'll see you in... And if you get any M&Ms... Oh, where, where can people find us? Oh, you can find us. wish us a Merry Christmas. And you nobody can wish us does. a Merry Christmas if you have somehow that much time. Yeah. Um, over the Christmas period, if you're um, at Second Opinion Pod on Facebook and Twitter, that's second with a two. Uh, also, let us know if you want any films you've enjoyed, because that's our next one. Any films that you've enjoyed? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. If so, you've enjoyed any films or you've really particularly hated ones, let us know. Cause we'll talk about them. We'll, 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 we'll talk about them and we're free to talk about whatever you think. I have we'll so opinions. much to say. I'm concerned that the next episode is going to be about four hours long. I think <laughs> a new year special, a new first of the new year special bumper episode where it's going to be a decent length. It's probably yeah. going to be quite a big one. But I think so. Cause I have a lot to talk about. I have, I, I was going through films of 2017 and I was like, it's actually, I'd seen more than I I'd, yeah. I'd realized. And I was like, there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. Super excited for it. Bumper episode next time. You We're can enjoy. It. You can enjoy it in two parts if you like. You don't have to listen to us That's talk it. for the whole time. Yeah. Um, if you get any M and M's over Christmas, enjoy your J.K. Simmons. Enjoy your fucking J.K. Simmons, boys and girls. Have a merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy, Happy New, New year. year. We'll see you in the New Year. Bye. Star Wars. Bye. Bye. Yeah, we're gonna go see Star Wars now. Bye. Da, 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 da. I bet. Da, 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 I bet. Da, 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 da. Bruce Willis was a ghost the whole time. In Star Wars. Best, says Mojo Magazine. Could you lend us 10p for a cup of tea for the sake of old Lang's <coughs> This is the first time these festive classics have been available on one album. Ding dong, merrily all high. The Christmas bells are ringing. Ding dong, merrily all high. Something, something, sing.
Let Bob Dylan into your house this season because Christmas without bobbles just isn't Christmas. <laughs>